Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtic stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. John and Justin back again. That's right. And uh, gosh, John, it's just this is grueling this time of year for me. I don't know if you remember, but several years back, I did like an off-season interview series just to pass kind of like this stretch of time and, and throw something different because there's just not a lot going on. I mean, we'll... We'll talk a little bit about Team USA, I suppose, but dude, go to the wire and take a look at all the big, big news stories regarding the Celtics. What do you have listed there? Something about teacups? Yeah, Taco went, rode the teacups, man. That's that's the big news. That's the big story. That's what it's all about. That's the big hot. You got you got headline, anything that man. can? First off, how did he fit it? In? Secondly. <laughs> can you top that one? I I don't think you can. I I just wrote, I just wanted the log flume down in Funtown, uh, here in lovely Saco, Maine, uh, last week, and I I was struggling to get my legs inside the the log flume, so I'm not sure how they made that work. But man, uh, the Celtics and Canopy Lake Park, there's 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 few things that are better better summertime fodder than that. Wow. Oh come on! Wow, God, you are what a grump you are! Come on, I, I am in the off it's season. Fun, it, it's, uh, it's teacups. It's summertime and the living's easy. I mean, I'm just, I, dude. We have got to get to the season. You've got to carry me. No doubt, you have to lift me up, put me on your back, and you've got to carry me like Isaiah Thomas all the way to the preseason. <laughs> nice. Seriously, I need an MVP to get me through this. You know, we'll, we'll, we will get there. You know, look, it's we're not that far away. We're like a month away now. Things, I know, you know it's so close. We had it's an extra so long off season, you know, and we're gonna have some real live basketball to talk about once the USA, you know, team starts picking up, and and that will that will help. But yeah, it's people it's are really dropping quick. off. It increases the likelihood that all four Celtics and. You know, Marcus keeps hanging on while he recuperates, right? Now they're in Australia, so. Well, you know, and, and they've only got one left to cut, so you're going to have at least three. And, you know, whoever that fourth is, uh, you know, probably is maybe near near the end there. But, you know, look, as long as a Plumlee lives on that roster, I've got to think the Celtics 
Oh, that, that, the songs are on the bubble. As long as there's a Plumley. <laughs> well, it's weird though because like they don't. There's no bigs. Like they have three bigs on that roster. And Plumley. They have a Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> there's a throwback. Yeah, man. serious Saturday morning cartoons. You gotta look yeah. that one up. Absolutely. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, you know I think you're right. <laughs> As long as there's a Plumley on the roster, you're gonna like our chances. You gotta like the chances, and and you know Smart's back. He's back playing now, so he's he seems to be free and clear from all restrictions. So I think he's in. And and the other the other little hint is that uh, there was a photo shoot the other day with the guys and in their USA basketball jerseys. And so when they start to have a number, that gives you a sign that. Eh, I think this is going to work out for them. Uh, and so they got some good numbers too. It's not like uh, they got slack numbers, uh, you know, a sevens involved and nines involved. Uh, you know, they they got, they got the good choice numbers over there. So I'm excited to see, uh, see this thing go and they're going to play, I think Australia next here on Thursday. So, uh, it should be fun. The problem is it's five 30 in the morning. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to, if you wake up early, get a little bit with your morning coffee, but more likely, hit the DVR and watch it later. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm up at 5, dude, every day. So I might even be able to catch a good a good portion of it. And you know I don't have a DVR because I don't have cable, so I have to catch it live. But um, there's got to be a Reddit feed for that, right? Oh, I would think so. Oh, my goodness. I mean, who knows what language it will be in. But, yeah, I would, I would think there's uh, – You mean Australian? No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> I know I know what you mean. Who knows what Who knows what country the feed's coming from? I got you. <laughs> but also, Reddit, Reddit cracked down on uh, NBA streams. So What? They're out there, but it's going to be harder this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's uh, – you know, for people who do that sort of thing, uh, <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, somebody has somebody has to take out the NBA TV headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you're gonna shut NBA TV down? It's got to get shut down because I can never watch. I mean, that NBA Reddit streams is what saves me. The league pass shuts me out. Shuts me out well, for not having cable. You know, we didn't really talk about it too much, but the Celtics have like a fair number of national televised games this year, which is somewhat interesting given the fact that I think expectations locally are down. I think they have almost as many, if not the same number as they had last year. So it, it's, it's really well, strange. Well, it's definitely you know? something to talk. No, there's a narrative there. You know, they have a whole, I mean, I, I'm not actually that surprised by that because they had all those nationally televised games last season as they didn't get, you know, very many wins. They underperformed in terms of expectations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The rebound year and the fan base and just how much hatred there is towards Kyrie, it's like every game where Kemba Walker can go off, it's like this little ounce of vindication. And people are going to be watching this, right? They're really going to be watching uh, this team. And honestly, if the team rebounds really well and does better than expected, it's the loss of Horford, and we'll get to that in a little bit. It's the loss of Horford that really hurts, I think, you know. Um, and so who knows? Maybe this thing does kind of come together, but everybody's going to be looking and watching. I'm not surprised. There's definitely a storyline there, an exciting storyline. 
gives the announcers lots to talk about in, in a lot of these nationally televised games, and they're always looking for these kinds of stories. Well, you know what? Uh, it's the sixth time this year that we've talked to Kemba Walker uh, on this broadcast about how uh, he has had to fill the shoes of Kyrie Irving, right? Like, you're going to get that over and over. Um, but, you know, it's just the kind of thing that plays with the general public. You know what I mean? It's what they want to see. You know, it's easy Easy storytelling. It's not the work of a Mike Gorman, right? It's not the work of a Tommy Heinsohn where they weave in the narratives of the team all along. They really just want one big one like this. A little bit of drama, and then there you go. And they're going to get it. But here's the other thing. Looking at the team and their potential to overperform expectations or above, perform above expectations, I mean, you were bringing the ESPN RPM and the 538 projections out as we were kind of preparing for this, um, I, I think it's – I'm surprised to see the Celtics sitting at number two on the ESPN RPMs. But then when you look at the win total being 47, it's almost a sad statement on just how they think the Eastern Conference is going to do, just when we thought things were starting to balance out in this league. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I and I think that – yeah, I think even the Celtics were probably envisioning that even that the East would be weaker this year too as they were – putting together their master plan that uh, ultimately went, went belly up. But uh, no, you're right. I mean, I think that it is the lazy storytelling in one part, um, but also the lack of truly marquee teams uh, in the East, but, but everywhere. So, you know, if you've got all these stars moving West, somebody's got to fill that early seven or seven thirty time slot. And why not the team with Kemba Walker and some young stars, uh, as opposed to, I mean, what? You're not going to talk about Washington and their horrendous team, even though Bradley Beal's a good player. The Knicks suck. The Nets are Kyrie Irving and, you know, uh, some young players, but none with, with pair of the pedigree or the following that the Celtics have. Uh, you know, you really look at the Eastern Conference, you can, it's easy to see how, um, how they're the most interesting. But I think in terms of, a comparison to where the fan base thinks they are, uh, you know, I think we're, we're still light years beyond. And, and, you know, Sean Grady kind of talked about that with Adam Coffin on Celtics beat this week. I thought, you know, about how the expectations are so much different. And if, even if the Celtics, if the Celtics uh, match what they put together in win total from last year, I think the Celtics fans would be generally happy with that uh, in spite of, uh, you know, maybe what that should mean. Yeah, for sure. 49 wins last season. Um, again, RPM predicting 47.4, 538, saying the Celtics come in behind Philly at third with 46 wins. But then, you know, just look at the last several years and this team's record. So 49, like you said, and then 55 and 53 the years before that. But in 2015, 2016, this team had 48 wins. Like, and this team is way more talented than that season's team with the exception of a prolific Isaiah Thomas, right? And so, and even then, you know, 48 wins. Like, I don't see how this team, I think this team can still get 50 wins. I don't think they'll go over 50 wins by much, 50-51. But I don't think it's, like you said, for, you know, for them to match last season, that's doable. And they managed to get 49 playing like crud. And uh, it, it, I don't see how they don't, I don't see how they can't get 50 wins. Now, you and I have uh, eaten some major crow predicting 55 wins, 56 wins in the past, and we came in pretty close 
you know, with that 55 win season, I think you nailed it maybe. And I was one win off. Maybe I said 54, 56, but either way, like, I don't think they're going to climb into mid fifties, but I think it's 51 to, you know, 50, 51, maybe 52. If everything's really humming is really not out of the question, even with the loss of Horford. I think you're right. I think that's exactly right. I think that that's, there is, there's a number of, outcomes I think for the Celtics team right I mean I think that there is a, a mid-50s team in this group uh, you know if, if Jason Tatum for example takes an extraordinary leap and becomes the best player on this team you know I think that mid-50s is absolutely uh, completely conceivable I mean that's that's the hard part about doing this when you're in, in mid-August when you really don't know how it all comes together you're judging based upon what you see from one year to the next. And if we can, if, if he makes that leap, okay, and, and I think the Celtics need him to make that leap for this team to really go on the trajectory it needs to. Um, I don't know if he has to be the best player this year, but has to be on the, on the way to being that within the next year or two. Then I think you could see a mid fifties win, win total and, and not to mention Gordon Hayward. I mean, you really, we saw in many cases of the Celtics, I'd say, let's say four of their five or six best players, all of them had in parts, apart from probably Marcus Smart and, and Kemba Walker who wasn't here, their worst season as a pro last year. And what are the odds that we're going to see a read, or, you know, a, a, see that again? You know, it seems pretty unlikely. You know, it seems like all of them should be able to, to take a step forward. Now, of course, you're, you're pulling Kyrie Irving and, and Al Horford from that mix, but you know, look, when what is the difference between this clean, team? It's fine. So, yeah, this is what's crazy to me. So Al Horford shows up, um, joins a team that won 48 games, right? So compare that team with Isaiah Thomas to this team with Kemba Walker, and you're telling me they're predicted to to, to win one or I should say two to uh, a half a game, somewhere between a half a game and two games less than they did the year before Al Horford joined the team? You know, like regardless of how amazing Isaiah was as they were climbing up, that you cannot tell me, especially when you make the argument you just made with Hayward, that this team isn't better than that team. I mean, I know it was scrappy with Bradley and Crowder and et cetera, yeah. but I'm having a really hard time believing that this team isn't at least better by one win, like a projection of 49 wins. And I get it. Some of it has to do with the opponent's. And the schedule and they do, you know, they factor in things like that. But even Al Horford was only worth five additional wins going from 48 to 53 wins, right? And I, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish five games as five games and the team's defense was way better and, you know, all the things that he did to impact in terms of being a big free, free agent. And that's partly the reason I'm sure that it helped them attract somebody like Hayward. Hey, no longer is Boston getting snubbed by big free agents. And, you know, there were so many other things to talk about there, but literally added five wins to that team. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that the, Getting rid of the bad attitude, whatever the issue was in the locker room chemistry, bringing in Kemba Walker and losing Horford, and then all these young players being better and Hayward getting better, you're telling me that they're not better than the Isaiah Thomas-led team pre-Al Horford? I just have a hard time believing that. That's where I, that's where I look at 50-51 wins. The chemistry issue potentially lingers, but outside of that, if that is truly corrected and you've got the right locker room, and everybody's bonding on, in Australia with Team USA and building a foundation. 
I find it really hard to believe that they're not going to be able to recreate some of that magic and get into the low 50s. Well, I, I think you're right. I mean, this this is what sucks about this time, though, is like on paper, you're right. But the Isaiah team didn't play on paper. If they played on paper, they would have won 43 wins, right? So <laughs> it's it, that's the problem, right, is that like we're looking at this, and last year's team on paper should have won 55, 60 games last year. But they didn't because, you know, you know Hermetic Friends Incorporated or whatever the hell it is that Kyrie's doing – uh, you know, there was a, there was, and, and, but more importantly to this team, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and, and, you know, and, and mostly Terry Rozier were not able to, to put their own needs secondary to the team goals. You know, and when you hear things like, you know, Danny Ainge talking about how Jalen Brown asked if the 86, if they were, could be better than the 86 team, um, that tells you all you need to know about, where that team was and where their headspace was because they weren't playing against the 86 team. They just had to beat Charlotte on the, the on the front end of a back to back or, you know, go to Denver and, and not stick up the joint against Jamal Murray. You know, that's all they had to do and, and play up to their or village. Not and they let, or not let Rajon Rondo totally steal a game, you sure. know, and the waiting yeah. seconds against the Lakers, like all of that stinker do little crap. Yep. No doubt. I mean, that was, that was the, and that's the, those are the games Isaiah won, right? Those are the games that team, you know, the pre Horford team won the post, you know, the with Horford and it team, they won those games. They won all those eight games on the margins. They won all those games with, you know, after, you know, out of timeout plays and they won all that. And last year's team did none of that. And so now it's like we're trying to, like, use logic and reason and all the things that, you know, smart people should do. And, uh, you know, nah, last those teams, those teams didn't fall into it. it those it, teams, used it. those teams had a chip on their shoulder. Sure. Last year's team was somewhat arrogant, somewhat entitled, somewhat overhyped. Well, we were talking about that. But now. listen, listen, we are now. Now there's a we chip are now. Again. Right. Now there's a chip again, right. and that's what I'm getting at. And no, you know right. what? That's going to lead into our, our conversation here in just a minute. First off, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as your host, at CSL underscore Justin. That's me, at CSL underscore Duke. That's him. The entire CLNS Media Network, at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for yours truly, and hopefully very, very soon, High-definition, full-length locker room interviews in the Garden Report. Man, I am ready for that. So, support for Celtic Stuff Live comes from Manscaped. They are number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, and Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. See what I did there? That rhymes. And nothing is worse than getting a neck when you're doing your scaping. You're manscaping does not need the nickage and uh it's happened to the best of us you're getting ready maybe uh you know my dating days are long over but maybe you out there you singles you're getting ready for a date and then all of a sudden up oh, the neck happens and then you know it's 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 kind of like you know what about mary <laughs> not what about mary something about mary something about mary you're caught in the bathroom you're late you're you're stuck and uh this is the worst ad read in history i'm gonna have to edit it <laughs> no, leave it in, man. Leave it in. I love it. 
<laughs> they will love it. All they right. like the banter. Yeah, but you can't botch a movie quote. It's brutal. Yeah, but it's Something not part of the read. Marriage. They don't care about that. They yeah, that's true. You talk about manscaping, how wonderful it makes you feel. <laughs> well, that's true. And, and you know, honestly, we got a kit. I love mine. But manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Don't use – by the way, don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? You can get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code Stuff at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Remember, as a loyal listener – you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code CSTUFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code CSTUFF. That's C-S-T-U-F-F. All right, so I know I had a good lead-in before the ad read, but now I've lost my train of thought there. (laughs) Something about Mary. Something about Mary. You know, it's so funny that I botched the movie quote because the whole movie is about Ben Stiller and just him being completely inadequate and lacking confidence. And then I literally botched the name of that and I assumed the role of Ben Stiller's character in What About Mary? No, that's What About Bob. Something about Mary. All right, anyway. This is is what happens in the off-season, dude. It, Literally, I, our our regular listeners have got to feel my pain. You know what I mean? Like, pull my fingernails out of my fingers. I can't stand this. I can't. <laughs> Can we just get back to it? Can we just get back? I'm I'm actually really anxious for the season. So here's what happens in the off season. And you know I love my boy Sean Grandy, but this is what happens in the off season as we try to deal with. You know what I mean? Trying to. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And then this one comes up. Uh, Adam Kaufman, Celtics beat, Sean Grandy, interview. Sorry, Sean, but this is manufacturing some serious BS. I'm just giving it to you straight, buddy, because I love you. And uh, no, Al Horford leaving the Celtics for Philadelphia 76ers is not like Ray Allen leaving the Celtics for the Heat. Want to know why? Number one, the 76ers did not go on to win the championship last season, nor have they had the edge on, you know, the Celtics. And also, I don't think it's unreasonable why Al Horford left. You know, there for a while there, it didn't seem like they would even be able to keep him. You know what I mean? And Ray took a pay cut, and Horford got his last payday. So, boom, it's not even apples to apples. Not even apples to apples. Yeah, I I engaged uh, our good friend Mr. Mr. Grandy and uh, and Adam Kaufman over this one. I, look, it was a great show. First of all, and anyone who hasn't listened to Celtics Beat, yeah, you should. Uh, you should do that after you listen to us and you rate, and subscribe, and review, and all that other stuff that you're supposed to do with us. Go over there and have a listen to what uh, what Adam and and Sean did, which was really great. But yeah. It, it should surprise no one that I'm, you know, they were drawing the parallels like, oh, Ray Allen gets killed and Doc Rivers gets killed. But, you know, Al Horford gets a pass and it's like, well, there's like, I didn't kill all, Doc Rivers, by the way. So let, let, let's 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 be. I know you did. I know you did. 
But you were softer. You were softer on Ray than I was. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Oh, I don't yeah. think so. I don't. No, think I was. So. I was. I was hard on Ray. I, I, I know you weren't trying to. You know this. This wasn't a, a. You know the defense of Kyrie Irving like it was much of the season this year uh, until the bitter end. But. But you definitely were not quite as bullish on Ray as I was. You had a lot. You displaced well, some of that second. Ray. You displaced. You, you displaced you, some of that Ray stuff on Doc Rivers. Hold on, hold on a second. When did you when did you take your 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 leave of absence? Because I think most of my my Ray uh, hate came two, after you. Right, it was probably 2011, 2012. Yeah. Yep. So. You know, I, I, for the shows that you did listen to that, that exist somewhere in the ether, uh, you were doing that with Corrales, weren't you? That's right. That's right. The, the Raiden Jays, uh, <laughs> oh my. Taught him everything you knew and then he yeah. just went and ran. No. Yeah. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> Thanks. Just cut, cut me and found another Jay to, to shack up with. Uh, I was with the original Jay right here. Oh, uh, anyway. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. But, no, but look, I mean, Ray Allen, to go back to us, Ray Allen is, uh, I, I think he is, uh, he made a terrible decision. And, and again, I'm looking at that through 2012 lenses. You know, the league is different now. Everyone moves everywhere. This isn't the idea of a guy, a core player leaving. Well, we don't like it now. Franchise and going to their biggest rival is like that's ludicrous. Kevin Durant, 2012. Now, Kevin Durant, right now it's right now we don't even think twice about it because because Durant kind of reconfigured things. But Ray Ray's move on a team that was so tight, so badass, so together, and he's the one that takes off for less money, mind you, to go play with your biggest that's, rival. That's the inherent injury. That's the inherent injury right there. You know, is he already won a championship and now he's on a championship grab? You know, he's just going that that there's another piece of that, which is the same there there's parallels other than the money cut and even then I guess Durant, you know, he didn't have to take a pay cut for going to Golden State because of the way that all worked out, right? But that was that's basically the same thing, right? You're gonna go join the top team to go chase rings and you're gonna leave your buddy and this is the team you've been battling with the rest of your teammates against all that time. And then you flip sides. Like I, I get what you're saying, but you know, even take like a Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers. That's got no bearing on dynamics for Toronto. That's not the same. Right. So, you know, even, even, uh, you know, even Anthony Davis, you know, and the whole rich Paul thing that's making you bananas and him winding up in LA still not the same. You know, you're not talking about being one of the top two teams in the league or at least in the conference, and then defecting to the other team. That's where Durant and Ray got it together. I still don't think that's happening very much. I, I still think that a lot of players know that that's kind of a no-no. Even Durant leaving Golden State and joining up with Kyrie in Brooklyn, not the same thing. You know what I mean? If Durant wants to leave, regardless of the injury, even if he was healthy, etc., doesn't deserve nearly the criticism that he got for going to Golden State. It's not the same. And Horford going to Philly, I'm sorry, but outside of one playoff series and, you know, a bunch of young players to draw some parallels between Philly and Boston, still not the top two teams in the Eastern Conference, have barely battled, battled once, and the Celtics were victorious. So Horford didn't go to a team that was victorious over them to go great, go chase rings. So if anything, he's trying to prolong his career by being pseudo backup. 
to an emerging player in the league and, you know, bring that veteran stalwart presence and help them build the locker room. Not the same, not even close. Yeah. No, I, and I, and that's, so you, you take that scenario, right, and it's not close. You take what, what's happened here. And so let's take the fans aspect of it, right? Because all the structural reasons for me to you, uh, it's not the same, but let's talk about the fans reaction. Cause that's kind of where they were trying to go with that too. The fans were invested. Also in not Warford. the same. Yep. It, but Al Ray Allen was a core member. It was the, it was the three of them on that dais there that day that I remember, right? Right. The, the, the NBA um, ad that they had, they played bad fingers. I remember, you know, like, it was the three of them on that Davis, Davis. It was Ray and Paul and KG. And that was, that was the, that was what it was. And Rondo was a huge member of the, particularly those 10, 11, 12 teams. But it's those three. And throughout that time, even as, as Rondo emerged, as fans, we looked at those three as a unit. Now we understand now that Ray was feeling outside of that group and all that. But again, as fans, those guys are a unit, and for one to say, "Peace, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go play with our biggest rival." Uh, I mean, can you imagine Robert Parrish saying, "I'm out. I'm out of here." You know here. what? It's guys, Johnny. I'm it's gonna Johnny go play Damon with stuff. Magic and, and Worthy. It's You're not John, do it's, that. It's Johnny Damon stuff, right? He got written sure. off by the Celtic, uh, the Sox fan base because he left the Sox and went to the Yankees. That's what that is. That's what that yep. was. And LeBron, it didn't matter what team he was on. He was a Celtics nemesis, period, the end. Yep. Right? That rivalry was there. You don't go and buddy up with LeBron. I don't care where he is. You don't leave the Celtics after battling LeBron and join LeBron's team. Not that when was really wanted. the issue. Not when you're wanted. Like, that's the other pieces. The Celtics wanted him back. It's not like – And know, we're willing to pay more. Absolutely. He shunned so, them. So that's another thing that's not the same with Horford. The Celtics weren't, were the ones who weren't willing to pay the same right. or more. And it almost sounded like Horford gave him a shot. Like if they had given Horford what Horford was getting in, in Philly, he would have stayed. That, that was never even on the table with Ray. Ray was out. He had a conflict with Rondo and who knows whatever else. And, you know, I don't know. Do, do we, do we, do we wonder if Ray had an issue with Danny? You know, I, I don't know. What, I doubt that Ray's issue was with Doc. I really do. I don't think any – we know he had a personality well, conflict with Rondo, but I don't think Ray's issue was with Doc. So, you know, if – you know, is he in that Kyrie sort of conversation about the, you know, the the possible dynamics between, you know, Danny and, and Kyrie being parallel to Danny and, and Ray? But that's the more likely comparison, not Horford. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think there was some some friction with Doc, particularly as he was giving Bradley more run out there than than Ray was getting. Um, That's true. Doc loved AB, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, but but I think you're right. I mean, ultimately, it wasn't about Doc as much as it was the fact that you know Rondo was a star ascending at that point, and um, clearly Ray was was not. Ray was um, descending, but hit one last big shot for the Heat. Right now, it, right now, here's an interesting. What if the Celtics did trade Rondo? I mean, there was uh, there was that conversation apparently that the Celtics were looking at potentially moving Rondo and trying to get Chris Paul. 
That think... was before the KG stuff, though, I thought, right? No, 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 no. No, before the lockout, when when he, he was looking to leave the Hornets, he, there was the Celtics were involved in, in trying to get in that Chris Paul lottery with the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, and trying to bring Paul here for Rondo. Now, I was as big a Rondo guy as existed, but, uh, you know, that even that would have been a no brainer, of course. Well, something else would have had to be in that deal. For yeah. Sure, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and what's also interesting too is now looking at that time, Rondo being Rondo and Bradley would have well, Rondo and Bradley would have made Ray now really have, happy. You know, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a guy who has seemingly worn out his welcome in a number of places too. So you know, it's kind of funny how you know at the time it was like, oh, Chris Paul would be able to get along with anybody. Well. Maybe not, you know, maybe the Chris Paul KG, uh, you know, relationship might not have worked as nearly as well as Rondo and KG did. Who knows? Who knows? But it's just kind of interesting to look at the what ifs. Well, what yeah, ifs would, would KG have been pissed? Yeah. You know, KG might have gotten really upset about his boy Rondo getting moved. Sure. Re- I mean, regardless of who's coming in. Look at the perk stuff. You know, I mean, there's an argument to be made that the Celtics might have missed their window in and making those deals and not being able to to move on. Ultimately, of course, we know <laughs> that uh, you know that Danny was able to do that. Uh, but you know, what if what if Rondo doesn't get hurt in thirteen? You know, does that do they prolong? I it? think do I think they got. Rondo? I does think that's there. Yeah, they get by Miami that year. Well, I I would love to say. I mean, there was so little left in the tank. You know, in thirteen. You know, KG and Paul were definitely not the same guys uh, that they were in 12 and 11. 13 without Ray. Yeah, but Rondo was, Rondo was on another level in that series when he got hurt. He was, he was dominating. He was no, dominating I'm, that. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the when he got hurt in the playoffs. I'm thinking the following year in 13, after Ray leaves, the year when oh, Rondo oh, oh, oh. His, yep. blows out his knee. You know, oh, the knee injury, not the elbow. Yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, not about the elbow. The the knee, because the knee was really. I mean, that's really he hasn't been the same player since. But also concurrently, things are going on with Doc, and and the, the old guys are getting older. And you know, if they trade Ray and Paul, or Ray and Doc, or Doc, <laughs> trade Doc to the Clippers, trade KG and Paul to the, the Nets, and you've got a healthy Rondo. You know. Do they still make those deals? Do they get more for Rondo that summer? I mean, there's just so many different permutations that come out of that. I mean, the the draft picks alone, I mean, you know, Danger Cart has that chart where it talks about all these different uh, ways in which that, that Nets trade has impacted the Celtics. Imagine if you had, you know, uh, a much you know, broader uh, map that included a healthy Rondo being dealt in 13. Uh, you know, I don't think his trade value was what Danny thought it was, but it was certainly a lot better than, uh, you know, what they ended up getting for him, which was, you know, Jay Crowder and Dwight Powell and not a whole lot else. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was, uh, they got a Mavs it, pick too, but yeah, yep. they got the, right. They got the Mavs pick, you know, but, um, uh, which I think was set up maybe in the Abicelli, I, I believe, I believe that was the Abicelli pick. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just there's, those what ifs are kind of interesting, you know. And uh, you know, you look at some of those what ifs. The what ifs of you know, if Isaiah, you know, was never dealt, um, yeah, that's 
the guys on the Big Three podcast talk quite a bit, or excuse me, Wayne Plays podcast. That sounds like an that. that sounds like an out that sounds like an outtake. I think it might be. All right, this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, and remember, you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Yeah, the what-ifs around Isaiah Thomas are too numerous. I mean... Okay. I mean, just just from the injury standpoint, period. So, thinking back to that, you have Tatum, you have Gordon Hayward, you have Horford, you have Jalen Brown, you have uh, the Nets pick, you know, that became number eight. Um, so, you don't do as well against the – let's say they don't make a deal. You still have Jay Crowder, too. You have Zizic. No, they're going to make that deal. I think Danny gambles on Kyrie again. Well – but what like, I'm saying is if they don't make that deal, there. I know, but we're, <laughs> I know what you're saying, but like, if that doesn't happen, he goes to Phoenix or he goes somewhere else. I get it. You can know. set that. I just think that deal still happens, but we can go down fantasy road. Right. Right. So that, heading down fantasy road with tattoo and Mr. Rourke, um, they're playing, they're playing. What, what I'm saying is Boy, there are some serious old school bizarro references in this show. I thought so. I'm going to put my white suit on and play to play like that's early eighties. <laughs> it is man, right. Um, so you've got those guys. I don't think, obviously they don't get, they don't get to Cleveland in 18. They don't get to the finals there. They probably, probably Hayward doesn't get lost to injury. Uh, now you still have to figure out how those three guys play together. Horford, Hayward, excuse me, Hayward, Tatum and Brown. Um, You've got a hurt Marcus, a hurt, uh, Isaiah Thomas. So he doesn't play most of the year. Probably smart is playing a lot of minutes that year, right? Uh, they probably sign a free agent point guard maybe or something or, or maybe, uh, you know, a guy like Larkin gets more minutes. I was just going to say, I think Larkin's just more prominently featured. The Rose- money was still the money. You know so what I mean? Rozier, the- Rozier too. You know, you got Rozier as well. Can't forget Terry, scary Terry. So, oh, imagine the dynamics between so that you just accelerate that. Terry is likely a starter, right? Right. Because instead of smart, maybe still, I don't know, but maybe. But let's say let's say he moves into that role, right? And then and then he and Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah comes back healthy the next year, and you know the only deal is is Isaiah struggled to find form since then. So maybe Terry just emerges fully. Right. Because he just outplays, you know, it's kind of that Avery Bradley, Ray Allen scenario. He just outplays for the minutes, and then he doesn't become frustrated, and they let Isaiah walk the next year, you know. And it's I don't a, know. It's a complete disaster. I mean, I mean, for having him be hurt, and I, I mean, again, I'm thinking of this as him leaving a year earlier, but are the Celtics fans, you know, he's hurt and can't play that year. Maybe the the, the ties are a little bit loosened, but. I think that would be a pretty tough thing for the Celtics organization to let IT walk. Even if they offered him a decent amount, more than mid-level, let's say, that, that'd that be pretty tough 
from well, look at the decided. market that was there for him at that I point. Know. I mean, I they might, maybe they would bring him back because, but they definitely wouldn't have been bringing out the Brinks truck at a cut rate. Certainly, yeah, there's yeah. The thirty million is yeah out the door. So you do that, then you add a Nets pick. Now, or, now maybe you don't want to take Colin Sexton, but maybe you do, given you know all the different parameters there. But maybe it takes Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think he would have been available at that spot. Um, that. You know, then you're entering last year with Gilgis Alexander, Rosier, Smart. Uh, I mean, it's a hell of a deep team. You, you think they've got to make it? They got to. They would have to make a move because there's so many pieces in that front court. There's probably not enough time for Tatum to get enough of a foothold as he did his rookie year. Uh, you know, you have Crowder and Hayward on the same roster. <laughs> so many weird different things there that you know really. If they don't make that move, the 18 team is really weird to look at. Um, and 19 certainly is who knows, but it's just, it's, it's a really kind of fascinating look because you know, if you add Shea Gilgis Alexander and you've got that team, do you maybe do you, do you trade, you know, some of those guys? Do you, do you trade Hayward, a healthy Hayward and last summer and go full young? If you have Shea Gilgis Alexander and Mark, and Marcus Smart and, you know, Rozier is a restricted free agent, so he probably goes anyway. But I mean, there's a lot of different permutations there that would make, you know, here we are just two years later. It's hard to even imagine. You think they still the make team. like the Marcus Morris trade with Avery Bradley? Cause they really wouldn't. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. You're right, but maybe they do because they don't want to pay him the money. That's the other. That's the other piece of that. Well, but well, no, they had to. No, they would. They had to pack. do that deal. They, ha- they remember they had to do that deal so that way they could get Hayward. Oh, so, that's right. That was all moving the money that way. Yeah, yeah but just think. Of, but just think about it. Maybe they look at a different deal. I mean, if you're going to be that loaded up at the wing. Yeah, but see, I don't look at Morris as a. I mean, he is, but he's not. I mean, he's. He's definitely front court. No, I guess you're right. They still, yeah, we were talking about it then. They still had to move that. And yeah. then later they make the trade with Isaiah and Kyrie, and then they move Crowder and open up some space. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would move. I think they would move Crowder. I mean, it depends. How does Tatum emerge? Does he emerge behind Crowder, Hayward, Brown? Smart, you know, in terms of wing. I think Marcus. they would have. Had, I think they would have had to find a different way to create the space for Hayward. I, it just doesn't make any sense for them. Too much. It's too much on the wing. Yeah, it's way too much. I don't. I don't think it would. Have to consolidate come, and turn you, into a front court player. Yeah, you almost have to wonder if they had. They already knew the Kyrie thing was in play when they decided to, which players were going to move to create that space. I don't, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think they were making a play, but I don't. From what I everything I've read, they they didn't know. But you know, whatever that means. Yeah, but they were definitely trying to make that happen. They would maybe they would have moved somebody else. Maybe but they would have had to do something at the wing. It would have been a total cluster. You, know, you, you think just, you think it was hard last year? You know what I mean? But like, well, but you don't. The difference is, is you don't have eighteen because eighteen is the one that set the high expectations for nineteen. So if 18 is no, I just mean finding minutes. Like you're force feeding no, I know. minutes as it is, struggling, yeah. and Brown's got to come off the bench, and you know you get the, but then you've got Morris on that team. You've got, I mean, just that's a lot of wings, dude. But the but the difficult, I know, but but what I'm saying is, I think the difficulty with 19 was much more about expectation 
than it was about finding time. Now it became, it was about finding time because of that, but I think that was, that only happened because Tatum thought he was going, you know, he was going through the roof and that happened because of 18, because he had opportunity. He wouldn't have opportunity in 18 because it would still be chock-a-block full in 18 as much as it would be in 19. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, He's got to work his way up as the third pick, which is wild to think and wild to think in retrospect of looking how well he performed during that season. Uh, but, and now we're talking. Well, that's a really good point. Tonight. He, he may have been, he may have been tucked away a little bit more. He might have, but you know, now we're less than two years later and we're, and we're, I'm feeling that, you know, he really needs to be the number one player on this team. He needs to be, they need to be featuring him. It's, this is Kemba's great. Kemba's an all star. Kemba's all NBA. But they need Brad needs to find a way to make Jason Tatum uh, the the guy who we need him to be, and that that's probably the number one goal for the season. Even apart from winning games and and being competitive and all that, they need to make Jason Tatum a great player and see if he's capable of that. Because if he is, you give him the max extension next year, and you don't even think twice about it. You know, that's if not. Then you start talking about playing this game like you are with with Jalen Brown, where you have to wait and see and hope he becomes who you think he can be. Mm, nah. All right, that's gonna do it. If you're still listening, you're welcome. <laughs>